Bible reading this morning is from Luke chapter 7 and it's verses 1 to 10. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion servant, whom his master valued highly, was ill and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this, because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the privilege of having Graham with us this morning. We pray, Lord, that you would speak through him and thank you for his wisdom and please help him to guide us and teach us something new about this passage. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's lovely to be here with you again. It's a while since we've been over. Uh, and what a wonderful crowd of children you have. It's so exciting. A little bit of background. Our story is early in Jesus' ministry. Jesus has been moving around the whole region of Galilee, teaching and healing in different towns and villages. Then he knows it's time to choose his 12 disciples, so he goes up the mountain to pray all night. By the way, it's a good idea before a difficult decision to spend a night or part of a night in prayer. Well, he comes down and now the crowds are coming from far and wide and it says they had come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. All the crowd were trying to touch him for power came out from him and healed all of them. Wonderful. And then we read, when he had finished his sayings, he entered Capernaum. And that's where we come into our story for today. <clears throat> now, there are five individuals or groups of people in this story. And I want you to ask yourself, as we go through it, with which individual or group can I identify myself? There's the Roman army officer. He's in charge of a hundred men and he's called a centurion. He was part of the occupying power in the land, so he's an outsider to the Jewish people. And some of the Jewish leaders hated the fact that they were ruled over by the Romans. So there's a potential tension there with him. The officer has a servant or a slave. The Greek can be translated either way. And it says he was ill and close to health. Close, no, close to death, sorry. He was ill and close to death. 
Then there were <clears throat> the Jewish elders. These are the leaders of the Jewish community in Capernaum. And it seems that they had developed good relationships with the army officer because he was kind and friendly to the Jews and he'd even built them a new synagogue. They liked him. He was a good man. And then, of course, there's Jesus, who was attracting these huge crowds as he went from place to place, teaching about the kingdom of God and healing a great many people. And then lastly, there's the friends of the officer, and we'll hear about them in a minute. Now, as we go through the story, just ask yourself, can I identify with these, this person or these people? First of all, the Roman army officer. It says, when he heard about Jesus, he knew that Jesus was in Capernaum, he knew that people were being healed, and he, he, he picked up the buzz. We must find ways for people to hear about Jesus. They need to hear our personal stories of what Jesus means to us. <clears throat> we can, of course... <clears throat> guide them to the Bible stories, but the personal story of what Jesus has done for you is so much more powerful for the people all around us to hear, and we've got to get the stories to them. 25 years ago, I was in Lahore, Pakistan, teaching about prayer for healing uh, with Brother Andrew, and every evening we had rallies in the Gaddafi Stadium, would you believe the name, with 6,000 people the first night and 13,000 the last night. <clears throat> and the little team I'd taken over from England were there to teach healing, and every night we offered prayer for healing in this stadium. And mothers were bringing babies out of hospitals for the Christians to pray for, Muslim mothers. Why? Because they heard that the Christian people were offering healing. And the news has to get round that Jesus is real. I've no idea what happened to these people. I've never prayed for so many people so quickly, one after the other, because people were just pressing all around me, holding up bottles of water for me to bless, grabbing my, head, my hand and putting it on, on their heads. I've never prayed for so many people so quickly with no idea what God did. But they came because the word got round. When you have urgent needs, you will go anywhere. So let's go back to that army officer. What do you think went through his mind? Somebody. What was he thinking? Somebody. Yes. There's something good on offer here and I want it for myself, yes? What else? The Jews hate me. I don't fit in their circles, I'm an outsider. I don't even worship their God. Surely Jesus heals his own people, not people like me and my slave. But I'm desperate to get help. You know, there are so many people who feel they don't fit in with church. Some think they're not good enough. Some think they have to be religious. 
Some think they'll be all, all on their own if they come. What do you think is going through the mind of people who are put off from Christian faith? Somebody. Sorry? Not relevant. Yeah, it's, it's 2,000 years ago, yes. Any more thoughts? I'll have to be good. Two months ago, we had in our house a man helping us with our wills. He was very chatty. He said he believed in God and Jesus, but he didn't want to commit himself. Oh no, he didn't want to be a goody two-shoes. He wanted to enjoy himself and have fun. That's quite typical, isn't it? There are so many reasons why people shy away from Christians, but we have to find these people and tell them about Jesus. It may be just a step on the way, but they must hear about Jesus. Even if they don't respond, it can be a step for them. Do you know, a survey recently showed that 82% of people would come to church if someone invited them. 82%! It's hard to believe, isn't it? Another survey showed that an astonishing number of people would welcome a conversation about Jesus. 60%. What are we waiting for? So what does the army officer do? He takes the risk because he's desperate. I hear Jesus is amazing, but I don't go to Jesus myself. Jesus would be more likely to respond to the Jewish leaders, their own people. I'll have a word with them. Maybe they'll go for me. Do any of you here identify with this army officer who's drawn to Jesus but is a bit afraid to go himself? Anybody identify with him? No, you're all up for going direct. Good. Have you ever had anyone say to you, say a prayer for me, will you? It happens to vicars. <laughs> say a prayer for me. Don't reject that. It's a step in the right direction. They probably think that your relationship with God is, a, is closer than theirs, and they may be right. I have a friend, and if someone shares a problem with him, he says, well, I'd like to pray for you. Shall I do it now? Or later. And sometimes they'll let him do it now, there and then, in the street, wherever. Give the person the choice, but say you want to pray to Jesus for them. Okay, well, not many of you identified with the army officer who wanted to send somebody else, but still take the risk. Now imagine yourself as one of these Jewish elders. Your city is suddenly full of people trying to get to Jesus. They're struggling even to touch him, and power from him is going out and healing people. And you've built a good relationship with the army commander, but your Pharisees, your Jewish leaders, say that's bad. You mustn't mix with him, He's, because you'll make yourself dirty and unholy mixing with the Romans. Stay away from him, they say. And yet, coming knocking on your door, as a Jewish elder comes the Roman army Officer, it says, my servant's desperately ill. I value him so much, I can't bear to lose him. Could you go to Jesus and get him to come to me? 
What's going through your mind if you're a Jewish leader then? Somebody. What's going through your mind? The, the army commander's knocked on your door. He's desperate, yes? They're worried because they're disobeying their Pharisees if they help him. But he's a good man and he's helped them build a synagogue. So they're in a really difficult place. So what do they do? They take the politics out of the situation and they agree to go to Jesus. And people make way for you because you're leaders. And you know, we can go to Jesus for other people. Some years ago, I was leading a healing weekend in a place uh, called West Drayton near Uxbridge. And when we got to the time for prayer for healing, only two people came forward and the team were very disappointed. But one of those people came forward for somebody they knew who was in hospital. And that person in the hospital sat up and got better straight away. The team was so disappointed, but someone came to them for prayer on behalf of someone else. You can do that later on this morning, by the way. So how many of you can identify with going for somebody else to Jesus? Ah, now we're getting a bit of a response. Good. Okay, now we move on to Jesus. Try and imagine yourself as Jesus in this situation. And there are people, crowds, trying to get to you, to touch your robes, uh, to get healed. You're feeling the energy of God going out of you, power going out from you. Every time you say, be healed, something happens, you feel that power going. And then coming through the crowd come the Jewish leaders and they beg you to go to the army commander and his his servant. And what they say is interesting. They say, he is worthy, or I think the translation was, he deserves you to come to him because he loves our people and built our synagogue for us. So what does Jesus think at that point then? Jesus. So you think Jesus Jesus would want to go with them. But he has made it a policy only to go to the Jews. And here's a Gentile coming on behalf, well, people coming on behalf of a Gentile. What does Jesus do? He goes with them. And the Gospels are full of accounts of Jesus healing unlikely people. He heals the daughter of the Syrophoenician woman, who's not a Jew. He heals those with leprosy, and everybody else stayed away from them. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, the high priest's ear is cut, no, his servant's ear is cut off by Peter, and Jesus heals that ear. Jesus loves to heal in unlikely situations. And so Jesus goes with the Jewish leaders back to the army officer. Can you, hands up if you can identify with Jesus then, your willingness to go in an unlikely situation. Yeah? 
He goes because of the need and he cares. But before Jesus gets there, he meets another group. And these are the friends of the officer who are on their way. And this is what they say. And it's clearly the officer's message. They say, Lord, don't trouble yourself. I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. That's why I didn't come to you myself. Just speak the word and let my servant be healed. Now what's going through the minds of the friends then? It doesn't work if he just speaks the word, right? What else? In other words, they're going because the master told them to, but they're not at all sure. Another possibility is that they really shared with the master his faith. And they had his, because they're his friends, and they had compassion on the master and his servant. We don't know exactly why they went, but they said, just speak the word. We're not, he's not worthy for you to come. How many of you can identify with feeling that? Some of you. You see, this story is full of different groups with whom we can feel and share something. And how do you think Jesus felt when he heard what they said? Just speak the word. Sorry? Amazed. It says, it says that. He says he was amazed. He hadn't seen such faith in the whole of Israel. The man understood authority. He says, he's thinking, like you, Jesus... I'm a man under authority. I speak the word of command and my soldiers do what I say and so does my slave. But I can't tell someone's illness to leave and you can. So you're better, you're higher up the authority tree. You've got God's authority in a way that I haven't. He understood the authority that Jesus carries. And friends, this is all about believing who Jesus is. So, which of the five do you most identify with? Hands up for the army officer. Hands up for the Jewish leaders who took their friend, who went on behalf of their friend to Jesus. Quite a few of you. Hands up for, for Jesus himself, who w wanted to go to somebody because of the, the need. How many of you identify with Jesus? Yes, a few of you. How many of you identify with the friends who went on behalf of the officer um, sharing his compassion. Yeah, we can identify with quite a lot of people here. And how many of you identify with the slave who just got healed out of the blue? Any of you? Any of you had a healing out of the blue? Guy at the back, good. So what was it about the officer's faith that made the difference? And how can it build up our faith? His faith rested on Jesus. He knew how much authority Jesus had. His faith in Jesus gave him the courage to risk failure. 
And if, you know, if you're desperate, or even if you're not desperate, you can go to Jesus, you don't know how it's going to work out, but you're prepared to take the risk, okay? He wasn't afraid to ask others to go on his behalf. And he was humble with Jesus. I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. Now the Jewish leaders said, he is worthy, he deserves it. But the truth is that we're not worthy. Because none of us has loved God with all our hearts. None of us have kept all his commandments. We are not worthy. That's why we throw ourselves on his kindness. Jesus, help me. And it's so important to come to Jesus with the right attitude. We have no claim on Jesus at all because we haven't loved him as much as, well, we haven't loved our neighbours as ourselves or God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. We therefore, the prayer that Jesus likes is, Lord, have mercy. And we go asking God to have mercy, but throwing ourselves on his kindness. So let's have our slide with what to take away from the story. There we are. Faith rests on Jesus. Take risks in going to him. Get help from those who know Jesus. Compassion for others in their suffering as the friends of the officer did. People matter more than religious rules. Our faith can bring healing to others. We're not worthy. Got it? After the communion, or as you come for communion, if you want to go to Jesus this morning for healing for yourself on behalf or on behalf of somebody else, I and Hazel and maybe one or two others will be in the room there and you can come straight from communion and we will lay our hands on you and pray for healing. Don't miss the opportunity. Take a risk. Amen.